another great perspective review featuring incredible music. Remember, you can purchase this entire album filled with amazing skill and reverence at the link inside the show notes for this episode, twoguystalking.com forward slash Raiders. Hi, I'm Chief Mike Force, and you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Two Guys Talking is an internet radio show providing you with entertainment, a sharing of viewpoints, and fun. Join us as we venture into the world of entertainment and discuss a variety of topics, from television shows, DVDs, feature films, and more. This week, Two Guys Talking... Raiders of the Lost Ark. Part 2. It's time for Part 2 of the Two Guys Talking Podcast Review of Raiders of the Lost Ark. 1981, directed by Steven Spielberg. Reviewed by myself, Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast, and my lifelong friend, Carlo Bazzese, Director of Commercials and Independent Film. Enjoy the second half, and be sure to tell us what you think of this and the future Indiana Jones DVD and feature film reviews from Two Guys Talking. <laughs> Two Guys Talking. Podcast of the Living. A podcast paradise on Earth. The glory of the map room, what archaeology has always meant for me. Okay, when people said the word archaeology before I actually went into classrooms and interpreted archaeology classes, the map room is what represented archaeology for me. It wasn't the, it wasn't the adventures of Indiana Jones, because uh, I knew oh, run, Indy running around like that, that's not realistic. What I did think was realistic was the, you know this giant, ornate model of Egyptian cities that the Egyptians made so that people could do things like what Indy did in this scene. And so this this scene has always represented what is modern-day archaeology for me until I got older. And uh, I, I just I love that scene, whether it's the music or the super close-up zoom-ins of what's going on with Indy or him blowing the sand away with his hand. All of that is just magic for me, and that's what I envisioned modern-day archaeology to be. It's, it's interesting. You know, I've watched when I watched that scene... Um, kind of one thing kind of comes to mind, uh, other than that, it, you know, it's, it's, it's totally cool, which is, um, I keep thinking, you know, how many times in this movie have they pulled off this, you know, melodramatic John Williams music, um, and, and coupled it with, you know, I don't want to say the simplest of tasks, but yeah, you know, he's inside this thing and he's, you know, just. He, it's not like he's doing anything. He's kind of doing something dangerous, you know, because he doesn't want to be found out. But the, 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 the music heightens everything so much and, and, and so well. Like, I just think handled differently on almost on any level, it would seem stupid or cheesy or corny or whatever. But for whatever reason, it's just totally working. You're just totally into it uh, on, on, on every level. Every, and the music comes up over and over and over again multiple times through, throughout the movie, different facets, different versions of that, that same music, and it just totally sucks you in. Indy, there's something that troubles me. The Two Guys Talking podcast. Death has always surrounded it. It is not of this earth. Movie logic versus real logic. When I was listening to the commentary on the Back to the Future disc from Robert Zemeckis, there's something that he mentioned that I think spills over into just about every movie, and it's taking movie logic versus what is real, real-world logic. And there's much of that that happens inside the Indiana Jones universe that happened inside of what is the Back to the Future universe. Let me give you a sample. 
Never in real human logic will, if something happens, you will disappear one by one in chronology of your brothers and sisters just disappear out of a picture. But you can do that inside the Back to the Future movie because it makes sense. Do you, do you see what I mean, Carl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the exact same thing happens many times inside of the Indiana Jones universe. The sample is, he's down in this map room, again, that has meant everything in regard to modern archaeology for me. He's inside the map room, and the sun hits the, the jewel inside of the headpiece of the Staff of Ra, and there's this giant laser beam that has this sunrise coning effect on it. And while it would make no sense if you were just walking down the street and you whip out this thing and let sunlight flow through it and this giant corona appears from solar radiation or whatever, it makes perfect sense inside this movie where he's just trying to find the map room. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I love that. At that point, you would think, you know, Indiana Jones being what he is and kind of a disbeliever when he says, you know, like, you know... Total skeptic, yeah. Oh, God, or something. You'd think he would take another moment to go, oh, my God, look at this giant laser beam or whatever yeah he's shocked of course at it but then the movie just moves on it just comes forward and he gets out of yeah, it yeah I, I, I love moments like that and what i love even more is that lucas specifically talks about things like that when he originally came up with what is the indiana jones icon the character it was always the hunt for what is paranormal stuff and you get that you get that blunt over the head inside of the first first indiana jones film raiders of the lost ark you get blunt paranormal over the head, but you buy it and move on. I love that. Over here! Two guys talking! Help me! You can't do this to me! I'm an American! The chanting and another silhouette reveals itself. Once again, we see Indiana Jones in silhouette as the, the crew is excavating the sand to try and get down to where, where the Well of the Souls is. And you, one, you get the iconic silhouette of Indiana Jones, but you also get the chanting. Carl, can you approximate that chanting oh, for I me? I can more than approximate it. Oh, I said, oh, Sophia. Oh, I said, oh, my God, I can do that like We'll have to remember to do that so that people can enjoy that for you know years and years to come as they listen to the two guys talking Indiana Jones review podcast of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Two guys talking. Help me! Two guys talking. Pry bars and shovels. Not the true tools of an archaeologist. Uh, this was great. There's an article inside of CNN.com recently. Uh, of course, there's just been articles all over the place, whether it's reviews or factoids about what is being an archaeologist. And one that they mentioned was that inside the movie, the Nazis are actually doing the real excavating. The real, you know, go over there with a paintbrush and brush off the dust to see what's there. In comparison, Indy and his crew over there with shovels and pry bars and stuff that's just going to wreak havoc on what are these absolute gems of archaeology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just got to get in there and get the job done. <laughs> it's what they need to do at that point in the movie and stuff. And you want them to. You want them to get in there. And and uh, archaeology is a, as he says, it's not an exact science. Uh, you know, and it, they, you know, they, it's going to take all this time, and they're doing all this stuff, and Indiana Jones just comes right in, and boom, ten seconds later, he's found everything that they've been looking for. I see your taste in podcasts remains the same. Where should I find a new podcast so close to my own level? The knife-to-dress scene. 
This was a wonderful story inside of the features that Carl was talking about on the original extra features disc that's included with the three movie pack that you can buy. There's a great story from Karen Allen. She talks about the scene where they have her take her clothes off and she puts on this dress. And originally she really didn't feel comfortable doing that because she's like, you know, yeah, I'm a chick, but I don't want to just take my clothes off because I'm a chick. So as long as we can come up with something that is intelligent for me to need to be taking my clothes off, fine, I'll do it. And so that, just like everything else that happens with a Spielberg film, was a collaborative part on her part to try and have that be something more than just get Karen Allen naked, which I really like. Not just the nature of there being a team environment, but that they did something with a purpose and not to just get her naked. Ultimately, they had to get her naked. And they had to For Carlo Bezzese. By everyone, including Karen Allen, the actress. So that was, I mean, again, that, uh, that being part of it, that has to be part of it. Now, granted, she's not naked, not nudity, but so on and so forth. But you have to, you have to have implied nudity in this particular instance. What was it rated? Uh, it was rated PG. It was rated PG. Yeah, in fact, the uh, the second film, Temple of Doom, was the first movie to start the PG thirteen movement. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Was PG thirteen? Yeah, Spielberg went to the ratings board and said that there needs to be something between what is PG and R. Hence, the PG-13 movement wow, was born. Spielberg snapped his fingers. I love it. Isn't that amazing? Guys, it's true. We become identified by the things we surround ourselves with. And in the case of content creation, I surround myself with a lot of stuff. But few things are more important than being able to see clearly. Over the years, I've tried a number of different reading glasses. Cheaters, as some of us call them. And guys, I'm done. Whether it's the cheap manufacturer or the poor lens quality, the fact that I'm staring at screens doing video and web work for long periods of time, I needed something better. Well, guess what? I found something phenomenal. Literally. Gunner, that's G-U-N-N-A-R, is a company I found when I did some research on blue light blocking glasses technology. And man, the amazing library of styles they have is huge. I selected a style called Phenom. Longer, rectangular, and the fit for my face is perfect. What I'm also getting are real lenses, not that plastic crap that instantly scratches up and looks worthless. There's real quality and value here. For the long hours of in-front screen time that I have, they really do make the hours pass by, and I've immediately identified better sleep because of them. Are you ready to look at things differently and be seen differently? Check out the link to my Gunner's Phenoms in the show notes for this episode. And I'm certain you'll find something that you want. But more importantly, that will help you identify clearer vision and more with products from Gunner. Podcasting is our religion, but we've fallen from the pure of faith. I am a shadowy podcast reflection of you. Ah, the fire will scare off the snakes. Not so much. What a lot of people aren't aware of is that it, while they depict it inside the first Indiana Jones film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that they can wave the, the fiery torch and the snakes hiss, and then they move off. Well, not really. The snakes were actually attracted to the fire. They, they like the warmth of the fire. And so they, it was hard to keep them away from the fire because they're supposed to be repulsed by the fire in the movie. Did you know that? No, 
that I didn't know. Yeah, uh, it's another amazing fact from the features inside of what is that first three pack of discs that you can buy when you buy all three of the movies together. That uh, that fourth features disc is just an outstanding disc. Do you realize what the Two Guys Talking podcast is? It's a transmitter. It's a podcast for speaking to God, and it's within my reach. Glass removal. Carl, would you like to comment on removing the glass in the almost Cobra Strike scene? Yeah, you know, I don't know. For me, I like the charm of seeing the reflection of the snake in there. I, you know, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to do it because they can. Because they can, they got to take the glass out. The reflection of the snake in the glass. Because in this day and age, well, heaven forbid we should, you know... <laughs> We should have a little bit in the movie that maybe was a slight mistake. Well, after all these years, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for everyone. But, you know, that's something that you can always point to. You can always say, oh, hey, yeah, remember when you could see the snake's reflection in the glass that was separating the Cobra and Harrison Ford? Yeah, remember that? It was things you talked about. I mean, it was things... It was actually cool. I don't know. For me, that's not, it's just, you know, I wish they would have kept it in there. I can remember vividly, and I don't remember when, but I know that it was after that movie came out when that was something you and I specifically talked about. We were, again, two guys talking way back when, when we found out that you could actually see the reflection of the snake and kind of the lights behind the snake inside of what was the glass inside the original film. The benefit is that inside the features, inside of the DVDs, you can actually see that the reflection is still there. So the image is still available. It's not destroyed or has never been revealed like so much of the Star Wars stuff. And so it, it's still available there for posterity. So I got to give them that. At least they didn't, you know, yeah, attempt yeah, to destroy they, the memory. They've left it in. Right. Uh, no, not in the DVD. They've removed it. But inside of the features, they show the comparison shots. Oh, in the features. Okay, gotcha. So it, it's essentially still there. Good. Better than nothing. You want to see the Two Guys Talking podcast? Let's go listen to it together. I've got nothing better to do. <laughs> the showcasing and reveal of the Ark. Hypnotic and strangely evil. This again speaks to that paranormal stuff that Lucas was talking about when he envisioned the original Indiana Jones character. And it's something that many... Carla, you can attest to this. There have been so many movies to date that have tried to pull off the same spirit, even more hardcore paranormal... And they just fall flat on their faces. And I just, I, it's got to be the teamwork effort of everybody involved in the movies, as well as the original vision, that brings Indiana Jones movies to just a completely different why, level. You know, you could go on for hours trying to figure out why other movies have fallen flat. Um, and they just do. I mean, it's just a sad, it's just a, you know, they had, they, you know, lightning struck, lightning struck, and the right combination of, Everything happened at the right moment for uh, for this filmmaking team. I mean, there's just no question. Come, come here, look. This is a warning not to disturb the podcast of two guys talking. The nunchucks coat hanger and musical genius. Again, we're going to hit uh, John Williams stuff dead over the head many, many times inside of these four reviews, actually. This one is just, it, it pays off so wonderfully. You have Tote that's standing in front of Karen Allen and Belloc. And then he pulls out this black three-piece nunchuck-looking thing. And Marion and Belloc look at it with absolute fear. And he does a couple of twists with his wrist and then hangs his coat on it and gives it back to Dietrich standing behind him. And, man, I just I rolled on the floor because it's genius. And it's all pulled off not only with the movement, of the very tight movement that Toad is doing, but also with the music, that lilt that's behind it. I would like to know more. Did 
do they say anything in the commentary track to specifically about that? Yeah, and- yeah they, they say that it's actually replicated from some other movie. Forgive me, I've forgotten which one. But it, it's it's paying homage to another movie that had something very much in the same vein, where you take something that looks incredibly devious, but it is just a coat hanger. <laughs> and so with the timing that the the actor that played Tote and the obviously the genius level directing that's going on with Spielberg, they're able to mirror something really, really stellar here. And it, it just is wonderful. I can't add anything else to that. I mean, you pretty much, it, it's, it's just totally cool. And again, it's just a, another, the whole movie is just chock full of fun moments. You said that podcasts had markings on the one side. Are you absolutely sure? In a thousand years, maybe you'll be worth something. Again, Belloc comes back, and it's just stellar. Their podcast is too long. They're digging in the wrong place. The Well of Souls portal grinds closed as Marion screams. This is just genius. Whether it's the editing that pulled this off, or the sound design of the crypt being closed, or the, you know, the whistling of the wind as something really, really bad is happening... Again, it's just another perfectly painted picture by Spielberg and company. Yeah, I mean, and, and throwing her down into the mix and <laughs> them having their reunion happen there. I mean, I mean, come on, it's fantastic. I mean, that's he thinks she's dead, and all of a sudden she's thrown at him in this perilous situation. Oh my God! I mean, it's just. And, and then to have the jealousy spark up where he says, you know, where'd you get that from him? The whole <laughs> yeah. Remember that and just smile. <laughs> oh, I am the podcast of the sea. I am the ruler of the kook. Bad podcast. I'm going through that wall. A grand ride stunt never to be forgotten. Again, I've been listening to all of the Indiana Jones special feature DVDs and all the extra tracks from the new ones, and this is actually focused on and is the kind of the icon for what are all the stunts in the Indiana Jones films because it was that great. Him riding that giant-ass statue through a wall. Again, it's the classic iconography of what is Indiana Jones. The whole way that that, that scene ends, it just ends even... Even cooler, too, because it's like he gets through the wall and they crawl over, and then she has that moment with these skeletons, and uh, and they kind of, the sound design gives you, like, the skeletons-type screaming, and they're not... They're just all dusty skeletons, but they, they, they seem to ho- somehow live with within the sound design palette, and I love that. Yeah, and they, I mean, that could have been made into such a cheesy moment. Yeah. But it's not. It's done so well. And then, obviously, the snake coming out of the skulls mouth and everything oh my god it's just it's it's probably one of the more horrific images within the whole film you know coupled with you know the the heads melting at the end but um it's just, it's just really really cool i mean just when you think okay he could have just ended it he didn't have to have that scene they could have crashed through the wall and then whatever um but uh it just it just topples tops that scene off really great and you know the, what, what another scene that I always laugh at um, now I never really thought of it as a kid back then watching it but now when I see it I always kind of giggle at, and, and, and I look at it in a nostalgically fun way but when he's literally pushing that you know 4,000 pound blob yeah. Rock, yeah. pushing it out and you know <laughs> Right after he rescues her from the skeletons, you know, I just think to myself, like, yeah, 
that's there's no way a man on earth, him, especially in his condition, could push that block. Cause it's it's like a small Volkswagen, and the sound it makes, the sound that Ben Burt put in there when it hits the ground is this like earth crushing. Cracks <laughs> me up, and I, I that's probably one of my more favorite moments of that whole scene, and it's such a tiny little moment. Again, wonderful points, Carl. Let's go into the second break during the Two Guys Talking Indiana Jones feature film and DVD reviews here on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the Voice Box. VoiceFarmers.com That's VoiceFarmers.com In today's world, time is everything. When editing podcasts, (laughs) you know as well as I do, time flies. But it's not the good kind of time flying. It's the kind of time that eats a hole in your pocket. Reclaim the time you lose when you edit your podcast. Connect with The Editor Core. The Editor Core is a group of seasoned, experienced podcast editors that'll get your editing done and out the door. Use your reclaimed time to make more content. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. I thought you were dead. They must have switched podcasts. The screeching, somehow moving skeleton scene. It still terrifies me. <laughs> I know that it shouldn't, and I know all the sounds are fake, and that skeletons usually wouldn't even have their eyeballs still left in them. Uh, it, it still terrifies me. That scene just scares the shit out of me. The snake coming out of the mouth does it for me. <laughs> you know, vomiting a snake out. Uh, is, 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 that's pretty dangerous. There's, uh, there's actually a scene inside of this newest release of the Raiders of the Lost Ark edition that focuses specifically on snake wrangling. And so, uh, you know, for those of you that are Indiana files like Carl and I, make sure that you look at that at your local retailer. You see, Indy, you see! Okay, bring the podcasts in. The Wooden Monowing. Another total cinema moment. The shoelace crotch shot. The sand in the face or the whirling blade of death blood spray. It's a magical movie moment, no matter how you call it. Name me anybody that hates the monowing scene. And the answer is there isn't anybody. Everybody loves the monowing scene. Well, yeah. yeah no, I mean, it's, it's classic gore. Yeah, and again, it's the gore that's, you know, way, way below par of anything you'll see in modern cinema, but it's, it's, it's grisly enough that you wince. You know what again, I mean? Again, that goes back to... You know, blood is one thing, but the sound effect of a blade moving through human tissue is what makes you win. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I love here, too, is that Indiana Jones is definitely a son-of-a-bitch fighter. I mean, he at first he looks, you know, the, the, the look down at the shoestring moment, then he whips sand in the dude's eyes. Yeah, that's real nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, like you said, the fact that he's tough, he gets punched, and he is knocked down, falls on his butt. You know, all those things are cool. I mean, those are all good things that you're not necessarily expecting. You expect them to go the distance and whatnot, but uh, go the, distance. The, the, the human moments really make it. 
podcasts? Why did it have to be podcasts? Two guys talking, very dangerous. You go first. Machine guns and chicks. Marion peppers a van full of Nazis and it's oh so tasty. <laughs> I love it. She just, it's the one that's inside the plane. And she just starts peppering the, uh, the, the van pulling up full of Nazis. It's just awesome. Yeah, I like to I like to reenact that particular scene in some uh, in Halo or in a couple of other <laughs> Xbox games. It's always that always comes to mind <laughs> when you uh, pepper a, a van full of uh, opponents. It parks that scene. It's actually funny that you're mentioning games because the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network will begin reviewing Wii games here at the uh, fourth quarter of 2008. Are you familiar with the Wii, Carl? I don't own one, but uh, uh, I do. Uh, I am familiar with it, and my stepson actually—he just—he's been dying to get one for the longest time. And the one of the local Toys R Uses just got a shipment of twenty Wii's, and they said they were, you know, chiming the bells that this was their largest shipment ever. Yeah, I've noticed that. Uh, in fact, we got one in our house recently, not so strangely, because we'll be reviewing them. Uh, and I'm definitely not the console gamer I used to be in college, but it's fun to go back and interact with something like the Wii. Be sure to look for more details about the 2GTWii.com reviews that we'll have here at TwoGuysTalking.com. If you're trying to escape, the podcast is three weeks in every direction. Please eat something. The what truck silhouette. What truck? It's being loaded onto the truck for Kydro. <laughs> I love that. That whole scene is excellent. Again, it's it's the tail end of the mono wing, which, by the way, was wooden. Did you know that? The actual plane was made of wood? No, you mean the plane, the... The prop plane on the set. The monowing yeah. was actually wooden. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a you know metal plane. It was actually made of wood. Did not know that. Yeah. Did you also know that Frank Marshall was actually the pilot inside of that scene as well? The one that gets conked over the head with the uh, the wooden shoe blocks. Yeah, that that I did know. That was. Uh, hey, gotta have a cameo in there. Hello, hello, why, Doctor Jones? What are you doing in such a nasty podcast? I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. Which is one of the most endearing lines of all the movies, because literally many of the scenes that are created in inside of all of the Indiana Jones films, that's exactly what happens. There's definitely a slate and a plan for a scene, but that on-the-go team spirit injects itself in almost every single Indiana Jones film, and I know that that's why I love the films. Yeah, and that can be, I mean, that could be, could have been a recipe for disaster. You know, just you, uh, there's been plenty of movies that definitely looked like they were made up <laughs> as they went and did not play well. And this one, because of the people that you have playing in this particular sandbox, it obviously came off without a hitch. So, once again, a podcast that was briefly yours is now mine. The Taste of Nazis. It's a perfect taste in all of the mixtures of humankind, evil, keystone cops, and Chaplin-like moments in all of Spielberg's films. This is something that Steven Spielberg has down pat. He knows how to inject the Nazi movement just enough so that you understand that it's ominous, but he's able to throw in, and I wrote his, uh, in my notes here, the, it's a Keystone Cops moment almost every single time that you see one. And he 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 has that perfect. He has that perfect down in every single movie that he has. Yeah, I, mean, I remember hearing him talk about, like, when he was doing Schindler's List, he said that he was, you know, he was tired of of depicting cartoon Nazis 
when in reality they were these awful, brutal people and so on and so forth. And it kind of was like, uh, oh, okay, so it's not like I'm trying to say, no, don't take Nazis seriously and don't treat them seriously. Of course, Schindler's List is a phenomenal film. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was a little weird to hear him kind of deny his former work, work that we all enjoy. Um, and so that was just, that was just kind of an odd, an odd moment uh, to, to, to hear him address it that yeah, way. Yeah, for those of you that haven't seen Schindler's List or think that it's just that Jew movie, I have to tell you that that's one of the best pieces of uh, cinema I can remember in a long time. It depicts the human condition, obviously, much more severe than any other film, but it depicts the human condition and what wonders mankind can provide, but also take away. I'm afraid we must be going now, Herr Jones. Our podcast is awaited in Berlin. Joe Carini, Lincoln Mercury, sing it, Carl, with me. He's got the biggest, he's just the best. Do you remember that? What is that for? <laughs> That's for the careening Nazis over the cliff. Do you, oh. <laughs> do you not remember us singing that all the time when we watched the movie? Yeah, careening. Yeah, now that you say that, wow. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't thought of that in a trillion years. I know, and I knew that there would be only one person. In fact, nobody listening to this podcast really gives a shit about what I say in general about little goony things like this. But it's something that peppers my memory every time that I watch this and any other film of when I'm sitting with you watching films. And this is one of my favorite events. This is where the uh, the Nazis, the first of many, go careening over the cliff into seemingly nothingness with just screams howling behind them. And it's uh, it's it's wonderful. And this this whole little series is, again, that classic cinema. When I think of movie, I see many of the events that happen in, the, in this next quick snap series of events. Carini, Lincoln Mercury, St. Carl. He's not the biggest, he's just the best. Mr. Katanga, this is my podcast, my family. I would gather it if they weren't treated well. Shiza! Swearing in Raiders. A call to the audience. I'm looking for the audience member that might be listening in Germany. Doubtful because we don't have many listeners in Germany. But we do have many European listeners that probably speak German or someone here in the States. I want to know all the swear words that appear inside of Raiders but that we never see because they're never captioned. The, the, when, the, when the many, and there's probably four or five people that go, Scheiße, for those that don't know, is shit in German. And so I'm wondering what other swear words are unveiled inside of Raiders, inside of Temple of Doom, inside of Crusade. And of course, what's coming up here, the newest installment of Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Let us know what you think by accessing our website at twoguystalking.com. That's the number two, guystalking.com. Click on the contact button, fill out the quick web form, and let us know what you know, because you know more German than I do. <laughs> Two guys talking. I've heard a lot about you. Your appearance is exactly the way I imagined. The straps. It's the straps! I see the straps! Okay, so Indy's on the front of the truck, and this is something I had never noticed until this one time, this last time uh. I was watching last week. You can actually see the straps holding him to the front of the truck. Yes, yes you can. And of course, did you would he, never notice it unless... Did they remove those in the DVDs? No, they did not. That's I, I actually noticed them in the newest one that you can go and get from Walmart or wherever you guys can get them. That newest Raiders of the Lost Ark disc, you can actually see the straps right there strapping him to the front of the truck. Nice, I'm glad they left that in. You're not the podcast I knew four years ago. 
It's not the years, honey. It's the podcast. The undercarriage transition. This is something that we mention always when we talk about, again, classic movie cinema. We also talked about it inside of the transitions list, but we're going to hit it again because it's that important. This is one of those transitions that everyone will always remember. And what's funny is that it was copied from another movie where the same stunt guy nearly lost his life. He did the same thing with a, with a stagecoach transition underneath the, underneath the, the horses and the stagecoach. And something went wrong, and he came out feet first and broke both of his legs. In the interview, in uh, the Lone Ranger. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, he didn't come out head first. Otherwise, it would have been a very different Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. It was. It was that particular. Uh, that particular scene is again one in which. Well, that whole entire stunt sequence is one that I know I ended up reenacting with. Uh, another buddy of mine in film school for one of his student films. And uh, we went out to their farm, and they happened to have, like, a landscaping truck. And we just did, like, all the stunts. You know, yeah, just, just, just to copy them to copy them. For shot. <laughs> Dude. Jumping off the truck, the door, the whole nine yards, and just had an absolute blast. Do you remember you spending money that you never wanted your parents to know about in buying what is the what was the newest top-of-the-line VHS handheld camcorder back then? And you giving it to me to ride on my moped to do some some motion transition shots of that. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. Of course I do. <laughs> because, of course, Carl has those videos and he's put them on YouTube where you can access the ancient tapes of Indiana Mike and Idiot Carl doing their Indiana Jones fake stunts. They're on YouTube? They're not. I'm just shitting you. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> Hello? Hello? guys talking? Two guys talking? I'm going to blow up the podcast, Renee! The crunch of a formerly driving knucklehead Nazi. <laughs> this was another one. Not only do they have all the peppering punch, not only do they have Indiana Jones transitioning underneath the truck and coming back up the back of the truck, but you also have them re-emerging back into the cab, slamming the Nazi <laughs> to and fro in, into, the, uh, into the dashboard, and then throwing him over the hood, and then, of course, clinging to life. He doesn't pull off an Indiana Jones-like move. He just gets his ass run over. <laughs> not even close to... Uh, swashbuckling his way out. I mean, he had to. He had to get his come up. Oh, and he got it, my friend. He got it in the uh, the crunching. I don't know what they used. You know, whether it's chicken bones or walnuts or what. But man, the crunching that they have there is just awesome. Your podcast surprises even me. You're going to give mercenaries a bad name, Mister Katanga's Freighter. It looks very much like what Carl's bedroom in high school used to look like. But Mr. Katanga's Freighter is one of my favorite sets on board this movie. It's, it, and it's not just because of what happens on board the ship. It's because it's just one of those classic pieces of cinema, again, that uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is able to convey to people watching the movie. I, I love it. I love the flavor of that entire scene there. It's just awesome. Well, and Captain Katanga himself is really cool. Uh, another actor that I've always wondered, what the hell happened to that dude? But he played that part perfectly, too. Uh, just, you know, excellent. I killed him. He's no use of me. Leave the girl and help us evade losses on this trip. <laughs> I love that. He just he turns into uh, just this snarling son of a bitch at, at, at a coin flip. And then, of course, uh, during this whole scene, you have John Rhys-Davies uh, singing, A Brit. Dish tar is a soaring soul. Yeah, huh? oh, what, uh, uh, as free as a mountain breeze. Mountain bird. His energetic fist. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the other guys start cackling at him. I love that. And it, again, it's just the thing of memories that I continue to love to this day. 
Dr. Jones, surely you don't think you can escape from this podcast. That depends on how reasonable we're willing to be. All I want is the podcast. Wait, I don't need any help. It's not the years, it's the mileage. Well, where doesn't it hurt? And he points to his elbow. Just, it's perfect symmetry for the Indy-Marion relationship as Indy falls asleep mid-kiss. And they really never do seem to catch a break, do they, Carl? No, no. And, and again, that's, I mean, that is the simplistic, you know, love scene. Uh, you know, there. although, technically speaking, I think in the book, I remember reading the book, I think even though he did fall asleep, it is implied that they do get busy. And in fact, the next day when they wake up and he's buttoning his shirt and leaving, she's completely naked in bed. She has to reach over, grab her dress from the thing because she's she's not. It's not like she went to bed with a dress on. Hmm. Maybe it's Katanga's. Uh, highly possible. What they didn't show was Katanga getting up from the bed, so that all three of them at point at one point yeah. were in bed. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I'm going to blow up the podcast, and if we refuse. Then your Fuhrer has no podcast. The evil of the Ark emerges as a swastika engulfed in fire and a rat cringes. Ah, again, classic, iconic moments from this film that just spur on forever. Every time I I hear that pseudo-pulsating and I see the rat kind of doing his little, you know, super jig over there because it's getting too damn hot, I I, I just love all that. I, I love it all. Yeah, that's probably that's probably one of my favorite scenes. Actually, to be honest with you, is the the uh, arc burning a hole in the swastika and the the sound effects and the music and the, you know the the rat doing its weird little yes, yeah, moving its head around. I would like to <laughs> yeah. know more about. I'm sure in the director's commentary or something somewhere they talk. Oh, they don't have a director's commentary, he said. But I would love to know more about that because you know that it's going to. That, that pulsing, humming thing that's yeah. making the rat's head move around in circles. It's, it's very cool. It is just very, very cool. And it's funny that you mentioned that because inside of many of the commentaries, especially the commentary, or not the commentary, but the features inside of the third film, they talk about the rat wrangling. In fact, they created their own little breed of rat because they, of course, wouldn't go to you know a city and go, oh, look, rats, let's use them. They had to make all of those rats. And so they started with a couple and then bred them all because you can't just take what are sewer rats and put them into a movie set because they carry oh, disease sure. and aren't trained and all that. So that's one cool thing. And then the other thing you mentioned was the wah 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 which is something I still remember to this day as well. It's one of the only things I can continue to articulate from my high school years. <laughs> and what that sound was from was the same computer that made the sounds for R2-D2. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that same synthesizer that was used to make all of the sounds for R2D2 also made the wah 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 All your life has been spent in pursuit of podcasting relics. Inside the arc of podcasts beyond your wildest aspirations. You want to listen to them as well as I. Production design perfection. Making a U-boat dock from a U-boat dock. That's right. They were able to find and use an existing Nazi, not full of swastikas and all kinds of cool stuff, but an existing Nazi U-boat dock that had all of the U-boat graffiti and stuff all over it. That was an actual real Nazi U-boat dock. 
Yeah, yeah. And again, that's included in the features that are in that very first set, the very first set of the uh, the three movie pack with the extra features disc in it. Uh, again, just wonderful watching, especially if you are any level at all of an indie file. We are simply passing through history, two guys talking. This is history. The altar has been prepared. I am uncomfortable with this Jewish ritual. Something I know we're going to continue to talk about inside of what is the third review of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is the ability for Spielberg in all of these movies to have inserted religion and not piss anybody off. I think that that's something many movies could take a, a giant card from and try and convey that it's just a piece of the story rather than something that they're trying to provide message on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is something that, you know, I never, it never really, as a kid, you don't, I don't really... Right, it just goes right over you. It spills over you yeah, like water. You, you have no idea it. what's going on. But you don't have to get it. All you know is there's going to be ghosts and monsters flying around in about 10 seconds. Right, and then what I really appreciate about the Indiana Jones films in general is that even as an adult, you now are not, oh, God, more beating over the head about how the Jews got it bad. There isn't any of that. There, there's none of that inside of these films. And I credit Spielberg and Lucas, frankly, for being able to touch on the subjects, spin them into what are existing points inside of a very interesting storyline, and not beating people over the head with messages. Because I don't know about everybody else, but I'm sick of message-ridden films. Marion, don't listen to it! Don't listen no matter what happens! Don't listen, Marion! Keep your ears shut! Hello? Jones? Jones? <laughs> I love this. He shows up and, well, he's going to blow up the Ark, and all he wants is the girl. Again, it's where you think the hero's going to spin out of it somehow. He's going to render the suplex and beat up the bad guy and leave with the girl, but he doesn't. He doesn't. They turn the story on its end, and he doesn't get away. The girl doesn't get away, and they end up in the middle of the shit. It just doesn't happen anymore. You don't see that in modern movie day cinema ever. Well, and done done to the extent that it's done, done to the classy way that it's done. I mean, the guy, you know, Indiana Jones is taken without a fight, out of, you know, respect for the Ark, what the Ark is. He understands what Belloc is saying, uh, and he just goes out without a fight at this moment. Yeah. This isn't the... This isn't the time, you know, or the place for him to, to get away with it. Even though you want him to get away with it, you're like, no, he's, he's got to go all the way to the end. I ought to kill you right now. Not a very private place for a podcast. An extended hand draws back as Aramak cackles in delight. And then the power steering belt sound happens as a throbbing, amorphous pulse begins. <laughs> this is awesome! It, I, it, as I as I as I detail off my notes, it's as if I'm sitting in front of the screen watching it again with my best friend from when I was 11 years old watching it for the first time. And this, my friends, this is why I podcast because I get to relive moments that I genuinely treasure from way back when again, and I get to share it with everyone that listens to the Two Guys Talking podcast. Where is the podcast? The podcast is somewhere very safe. From whom? Beauty. Perfect bliss. 
which finally morphs into the whistling, twisted skull of righteous faith and technicolor crayon flesh streams from their eyes. <laughs> how, how can you not love even just that description, whether you see it in the screen or you remember it in your memories? And the reason I bring it up is exactly the same reason we brought up the last point is because it's something that is indelibly burned in the, I, I got to say, everybody's brain. Anybody that's ever seen this movie, there's one vision you will have when you think about the end of this film. And it's not Indy and Marion traipsing off into the, into the sunset. It is the melting and bursting of heads. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's what, this is the ultimate climax. You know, the whole film, this is your payoff. <laughs> yeah. At this point, you have to see the bad guys get completely annihilated that you've, you've been waiting the whole movie to watch these guys get what they got coming to them and they get it in space the podcast is a source of unspeakable power and it has to be researched it will be researched dr jones dr brody we have top podcasters working on it now oh top podcasters how about some arm exploding heads And of course, some more exploding heads. By the way, the Raiders of the Lost Ark newest disc has even more detail about the melting and exploding heads. So make sure you get out to your local retailer and buy the damn DVD of Raiders of the Lost Ark, the newest edition. Fools. Podcasting fools. They don't know what they've got there. Electrocuted Nazis and hellfire erupt as Marion and Indy, eyes shut, hear the thud of the end of local Armageddon and Thunderfall extends in the THX atmosphere of my theater, The Shire. For those of you that have forgotten, I have dubbed my theater The Shire because it has, of course, a Lord of the Rings overall theme that anybody can enjoy when they come over. This was just another one of those moments where I enjoyed my theater to the, you know, the nth limit because you get the swirling THX sound. You have the whistling of all the ghosts. You have the thunderous plummet of the top of the arc landing back on top of the arc and Indy and Marion sitting there waiting for something else to happen. It's just stellar genius and cinematic movie making that no one will ever forget. Yeah, I mean, that's really, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't have a fantastic home theater not yet someday maybe hopefully but um you know what i got is it's not bad and it, it but it's enough for me to enjoy that phenomenal sound design i mean think of all the years we suffered with vhs tapes you know not having the sound <laughs> and whatnot yeah and yeah what you're missing out on yeah especially on some of these remastered discs yeah, totally. The uh, the the testing ability of what is the the optimizer inside of just about every single movie that's got THX on it is something that everybody should partake in at least once, especially if you have any kind of decent sound system at all. Take the moment to try out the THX optimizer that you have inside of your system. For all you know, one of the speakers is plugged in backwards, and that will help you figure it out. It'll help you understand how the sound is supposed to work and show you right on screen how the optimizer will help you optimize your theater. Where is the podcast? The podcast is somewhere very safe. From whom? Washington is the backdrop for money and a totally unacceptable situation. I, I love this because it's the it's the man sticking it to the common people again. It, it's It's one of those things that everybody talks about, but this is truly one of those things that it's not just supposition. This is the man sticking it to the little man. 
the the guy that the big guy, the big guy at the end. What's his name? Yeah, the the round guy, the guy that goes top men. Oh, top asshole, man! You are just such a dick. <laughs> that guy. That's the guy you're talking about. Yeah, that's Porkins from Star Wars. Really? Yeah, that's Porkins. You didn't know that? Really? Oh, see, you learn something new every day. Look at that! Oh, whoa, you give me something, he, I give you something. <laughs> he who knows Star Wars like the back of his hand chimes in finally. Stay on target. I mean, those guys are just, those guys are great. They come in in the beginning. Stay on target. They need their help. Stay on target. Yeah, okay. And uh, and uh, and then they come back at the end only to take <laughs> away the Ark and seal it up forever and seal it up until the fourth installment. Yeah, well, that and also seal it up until the third installment when it's mentioned again. So, uh, again, it's one of those cool things. Yeah. Fools. Podcasting fools. They don't know what they've got there. The Ark is in a safe place being researched by... Carl? Who's it being researched by? Top men. Well, no one. It's not being researched at all. It's just locked away into the giant uh, warehouse of all the other military secret crates. And not only is it locked away with all the other military secret box crates, it's also locked away with some of the reasoning for the last three Star Wars films. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, so are, we, so are we to understand that that uh, giant warehouse is Area 51? Uh, I don't know. I It's one of those things I really don't want to have to tap into. I think the fourth film, which, by the way, uh, as we record this, is not getting any kind of hatred that Carl thought it was, by the way. Uh, it's actually getting positive reviews, none of which I've read, of course, because I want it to be absolutely spoilerless, just like Spielberg wants everybody to go and see the film. Well, I will say this. Uh, giving anything away today in my whole... Who is researching this movie? Top who is, men. Who is researching? I am not researching. It's just a <laughs> gift. The front page, front page of USA Today, it says, Indy is creaky but fun. And then just a little <laughs> bullet point is, Grizzled but rackish, Jones takes on Cold War foes and snakes in longish return. Two and a half stars. Hello? Hello, why Dr. Jones? What are you doing in such a nasty podcast? Indian and Marion go get a drink, and the dark veil of a dusty warehouse, the ceiling of yet another wooden box, and the skittle of small steel casters signal the way of a box being rolled into a vast warehouse of important things being researched by top men on top shelves. The, the, the warehouse scene... Uh, inside of this movie is again one of the classic endings that isn't really an ending. It's a toss to another chapter of what is this serial thing that we're talking about. And this last week when I was creating what is the preview, what is all four of these movie reviews, that is exactly the flavor I wanted to get, where you think that the ad is almost over, but wait, and then the music swells and you get some more detail. And that's what I love about all of these films. They roll one right into another, even though they're not all consecutive stories, but they're all pieces of lore that you can put all together and enjoy all at once. Well, at least you haven't forgotten how to show a podcast a good time. The music swells, and we arrive at the end of what is easily one of the greatest adventure movies of all time. Well, it was basically about, it was about the, the ending and, and, and how... You know, it's it's perfect the way Marion takes him away to go get a drink, you know, and 
and they're off. And so that's your happy ending is that he ends up with the girl. And then it shows you the, the giant warehouse with all the adventure treasures taken and whatnot and it's just being buried in there. And I don't think that they ever had the thought that they would do a trilogy at that point. When they were making that film, I don't believe they were thinking in those terms. I... Uh, why it makes that movie so perfect because they didn't have that set. That was just going to be just that and that was it. Something that they've, uh, and again, they've claimed this in several of the different featurettes that are available, and of course it could all be concocted just like much of what I think, the quote, continuation of the Star Wars story back to the original segments of the Star Wars story could have started as well. But what has always been said is that George went to Steven and said, if you make the first one, you got to make three. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think it's one of those things where if this movie had failed, if this movie had failed to capture the audience of people like you and I, then yes, this is the this is the bow tie wending with the question mark on the end where they're rolling the package into the warehouse. Absolutely. In fact, there have been many movies that have tried to copy the same vein of what is the Indiana Jones trilogy. Then those couple of National Treasure movies are a great sample where you get to the end of the movie and is it really the end? And in that case, it should have been the end. It should have been National Treasure, the movie you get to see with Nick Cage, and he will never appear again as that character. Yeah, and I mean there have been a, a gaggle of movies like that, Carl, and yeah. none of them, none of them have achieved the achievement of what is Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that's why again it goes back to that chemistry. It goes back to the chemistry of what these people make when they get together and they're able to deliver a package that everybody wants to adore. That that's the magic. Yeah. The bottom line: this one ends so solidly and so satisfyingly. You just, you just, the moment and the credits are rolling, you just got to say, every time you see it, you're like, wow, that was awesome. Well, not only that, Carl, you, it was so awesome, you want to take it back to the first scene and watch it again. The, the, the terror of doing these movie reviews all so close together, along with what is a new film of the same genre with the same characters, yeah. is that I truly do. I finish out this movie and I go, damn, I want to start right back at the beginning and watch it again. The problem is that I have a family and a job and, and all the stuff that isn't congruent with me just watching movies and talking about them all day. And I, again, that's why I visit stuff like that and that's why I podcast. The summary of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Carl, first of all, I want to thank you for joining me for this review. This is... Again, I'll be happy to comment that this helps me relive my childhood. And as you and I both arrive at what is our 20th high school anniversaries later this year, I remember the joy of the years, not only in high school, but being over at your or my houses watching great movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great. That, that's, that's the best part about these movies is not only are the movies great, but they just bring you back to great memories that you had at the time that you were living those moments. It's neat to be able to, to say, you know, wow, you know, I was a different person back then. Mm -hmm. I felt this way and that yeah. way, and look how much I've grown. And it, it gives you a moment to reflect. I mean, not only is it a fantastic film, but it's reflecting back upon your life, and that's really cool. I think a lot of people take the same feelings that they have when they decide to purchase classic cars that transport them back to times... Uh, different times, uh, more easier going times, times that you always remember that you never want to forget. And that's the best thing about DVDs and HD DVDs and Blu-ray DVDs is that they allow you for 
$30 or less to go back in time and remember things and revisit things that seemed so simple back then, but really have a lot of different messages and ways that you can take things. And that's why we podcast. Well, Carl, it was a pleasure and joy to have you here, and I look forward to many times where you get to come back and talk about things that you love because I know I love the time I spend talking with you here on the Two Guys Talking podcast. A couple of reminders. Remember the 2008 Two Guys Talking I Hear Your Podcast contest sponsored by Relay Missouri and Acoustica's Mixcraft 4 software is coming up. Be sure to get your entries in to have your own podcast on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. You've also got, of course, the your favorite Indiana Jones moment contest where you can go home with $100 in cold, hard cash and an indie replica hat direct from UniformalWarehouse.com. Be sure to join us for our later podcast reviews of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom which I will be hosting with, of course, another lifelong friend, now Dr. Mark Halstead, father of three, and going to Temple of Doom was one of the first movies that we ever went to. That one's going to be raucous. Not only is he someone that I grew up with that we went to go see that movie with, he is also a doctor, and so he can tell us all about how you can't really rip out somebody's heart and have them watch it beat. <laughs> you can't? Why don't you go film a commercial or an indie movie or something, dude? Yeah, I wish. That would be fun. And so, I'm Mike Wilkerson, the Two Guys Talking Podcast host. I'm Carl Bazzini, and I'm the guest host on the Two Guys Talking Podcast review of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. reach the end of the second half of the two-part Two Guys Talking Podcast review of Raiders of the Lost Ark. The first in a series of DVD and feature film reviews chronicling the past and new adventures of Indiana Jones. Only on the Two Guys Talking Podcast. Again, our thanks go out to the sponsors of this series of podcasts, Relay Missouri, Acoustica's Mixcraft 4 Software, and Ability Interpreting. Without their help and assistance, we wouldn't be where we are or able to provide you with the fine podcasting that is the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Please visit their sites via the web banners on our website, twoguystalking.com. That's the number two, guystalking.com. Be sure to tell a friend about us. You can also subscribe to our podcast via Apple's iTunes. It's a great way to have an automatic download of great reviews of your favorite past, current, and future DVDs and feature films right at your fingertips. Be sure to tell us what you think about these reviews. Log on to our website at twoguystalking.com. That's the number twoguystalking.com. Click on the contact button on the top right-hand side of the page. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you think about these great reviews. It's evocative, it's original, and it's only from the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network.